Three questions. Who has ever been to a wedding? If you can raise your hands. Who has had to organize a wedding? Slightly smaller sample. Who has been invited to a wedding? Said yes, we will definitely come and then didn't actually turn up. There was one at 9 a.m. mass, but she said she had a really good excuse, so we'll, we'll trust her. It's an interesting thing, this experience of, of weddings. Obviously, I've never had to directly organize liturgies, yes, helping couples to, to get that part of their ceremony together. I've spent lots of, lots of time over the years doing, doing that. But I read this interesting story during the week of a lady in England called Sarah Wilkinson who had spent 20 years thinking, preparing, planning for her perfect wedding, getting everything sorted, saving up money. She'd saved up 10,000 pounds to put towards this great day. And during lockdown, she began to make the final preparations for what would be this you know, most wonderful and amazing experience. She began to, to write out the vows that she would recite. She had a friend who was a wedding celebrant and asked her whether she'd be able to be the celebrant of the wedding. So everything was you know, coming together nicely, except one thing, the groom <laughs> never turned up, never. She didn't have a, a partner in her life, so she just said, well, I'll just go ahead with the wedding anyway. It doesn't, I don't need a man to be there in my life. Um, and so she had the wedding anyway, even without the, the groom. So there were 40 guests that she invited to, to be there on this special day. So imagine if one of those 40 guests you know, didn't turn up or a whole group of them, you know, how devastated already the groom is missing. How much more would it have been? How much worse would it have been if the guests also didn't appear. So we can kind of get the sense of the king in the gospel today, getting so frustrated. His son, maybe it's his only son, you know, this special day in his son's life, and he wants it to be the most extraordinary occasion. And so he invites all of the who's who, all of the important, the significant people there at the time. And they're all invited, all to come. But for some reason, they've said yes, but they don't show up. I mean, of course, this is a parable. This is an allegory. It's not meant to be understood directly, literally. And all of the, the elements that we, you know, we hear in, in the story, it's, it's Jesus, or perhaps it's Matthew, kind of embellishing the story, adding to the details. But we, we feel you know, the, the horror of the moment. We feel the sadness in the king's heart, and the son's heart, and the, indeed in the invited guests. But then the joy and the wonder of those who were invited, who the people who went to the crossroads, people who were able to come and be part of the celebration, those who were able to come, you know, the good and the bad, those who weren't in the, the A-list, those who weren't invited in the first round, but they made it there to be part of this celebration. Because that's the nature of God. God is always inclusive. God is always inviting. He's always longing for us to be part of this celebration, part of the party, part of the banquet. He's longing for us to experience everything that we might be able to experience. 
there's only just the one requirement that we've heard over the last few weeks. He does want us to bear fruit. He does want us to live lives that are fruitful and productive, that we're able to, to be people that share in that goodness and that invite others into that encounter. And so the one who didn't have the wedding garment, who didn't have a life that had been changed and transformed by that encounter, love hadn't affected him. Love hadn't changed the way that he related to people in the world. And so there's this profound sadness that we hear at that moment in the parable because we know those times in our own lives when we've been given an invitation, we've been offered the possibility of growing in, in love, growing in grace, growing to be people who are better than we were before. And we haven't taken that chance. We haven't grown in that love. We haven't experienced that generosity and shared the generosity with those around us. And so this gospel you know, strikes home to us also that note of sadness for our own lives when we haven't responded to the wonder of God. But today, we get another chance. Today we get an opportunity to be able to let the love of God to fill us, inform us, and shape us, and to share that with those around us as well. So maybe we pray for somebody in our life today. Maybe there's someone that the Lord might place upon our hearts and just to, to place them in our hearts and to pray that they might also experience the fullness of God's love as they come to the banquet of the Lord.